God has gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of the ram's horn. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Ours is an incarnational faith, we love to say. That amazing and beautiful and unique event, the incarnation of Christ, God coming to dwell with us in a body, in flesh, human beings meeting their maker, conversing with their creator, walking with the one through whom all that is came to be. All this in the person of Jesus. The incarnation defines just about everything that we believe, everything that we do, everything that we are as Christians. Some have said, and do say now, that life or the universe or the divine is more about spirit or the mind or the things we cannot see or touch. But Christians, we Christians, we do stuff. Christians do matter, flesh, because, well, God does stuff, matter, flesh. God creating a world, God sustaining a world, God's own self communicated to that world in the human body of Jesus. Yes, ours is an incarnational But what happens to an incarnational faith when the incarnate one is gone? When the flesh and blood of Jesus are no longer to be found walking the roads of our world? What a crisis for those first disciples of Jesus. When after his resurrection, after he has appeared to them and is with them again, no longer dead, but full of new life, what a crisis. When their Lord takes them out to a quiet place, lifts up his hands, blesses them, and then in St. Luke's words, withdraws, is carried up into heaven to be seen no longer. What now? To me, the most astounding thing in this story is the disciples' reaction to this event. Did you catch it? And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple, blessing God. Jesus is gone. Their friend and teacher and Lord withdrawn, like a book in the library that's pulled from circulation, never to go back on the shelf. Jesus, the one they ate with and walked with and touched, gone. And the disciples rejoice. They worship and they rejoice because I think, I think for once in the Gospels, they were actually listening. 
on the other side of the resurrection, this group of people who so often before seemed blundering and clueless, they really seem to have finally listened to Jesus' words. They've got a job to do. Repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in Jesus' name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. And they won't be doing it alone. See, Jesus says, I am sending upon you what my father promised. So stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. The Holy Spirit is not far behind. The Holy Spirit is coming. And of course, we who know the rest of the story know that the Holy Spirit did come. And though Jesus was gone from them in the flesh, still the disciples knew him. Their hearts were filled with his love and power. They went out and spread the gospel to the ends of the earth. And Jesus was with them, with them in their speech. These simple fishermen become eloquent preachers, with them in their hands, healing the sick, just like Jesus did. With them in the bread they broke and the wine they shared, with them in the cool waters of baptism, bringing forth a new generation of the church. The disciples can rejoice when Jesus ascends into heaven because in the light of the resurrection, they know that there's nothing that will keep him from them. If death couldn't do it, nothing will. Jesus will be with them forever. They've gotten it, finally. Friends, we have been weathering a very similar crisis for the past year and more. All the things that we took for granted about our common life, meeting together in a room, sharing meals, sharing touch, all withdrawn, carried up into heaven, along with nearly all of our expectations about how life should work. Like the first disciples, we too have been separated from flesh and blood. Physical bodies replaced by square tiles on a Zoom screen or phantom voices on a telephone. So much of what we thought we knew, including how to do this incarnational faith, gone. We have so much to learn from those first disciples who joyfully returned to Jerusalem, blessing God and waiting for the gift of the Holy Spirit. And as we start to pivot back to something resembling normal in many aspects of our lives, something resembling incarnational in the way we've always thought of that word, May we, bathed in the same light of that resurrection, drenched in the same gifts of that same spirit, may we remember, like those disciples all those years ago, that there is nowhere 
that Jesus is not. Nowhere where Jesus is not found. Even if this return isn't all we hoped it would be, even if the challenges ahead of us are great, and they will be, even then, even there, we will know him. For we have known him, even in the midst of this terrible year. There is nothing that will keep him from us, not a pandemic, or the agonizingly slow return from one, or an ascension, not even death itself. The ascension did not cancel out the incarnation. God is with us. May we return with joy, continually blessing God until he comes again to judge the living and the dead. Amen.